Hello, and welcome to Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth. We're so happy that you decided to join us today. This is the teaching podcast from our Sunday worship service, recorded at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Our goal as a church is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. We hope that this message inspires you and helps to lead you deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. Belief. To believe. It means to affirm that something is true. To believe means that there is evidence that would make you decide on what to think, what to feel, and how to live. Belief, reliance upon, trust, having faith in. That is what belief is all about. My name's Elliot Johnson, and I believe in God. You know, beliefs are important, and every single person has beliefs. Everyone has beliefs about different things. If we were to poll everybody here, about certain topics, there would be differences of belief. There would be differences of ideas. There would be different views on things because beliefs are all over. Even beliefs about God are different for different people. There's plenty of different discussions that are had every day across the world throughout all time about belief in God and what that means. Now, in that video that you just saw, those are essential core beliefs of Christianity. Belief in the existence of a creator. Believing that the Holy Spirit wants to pour out the strength and power of God on people who are willing. The reality of heaven and the reality of hell. Those are all essential beliefs. But beliefs, once again, have to have something of substance, don't they? You have to believe in something. Not just believe it as a mental exercise. It's not a psychological thing. It's not a, a, a thing that you just get taught and, and that's it. There has to be something that is done with those beliefs. So when I say, I believe in God, when you say, you believe in God, if you say, you believe in God, well, it has to have something to it, doesn't it? There has to be something of substance and foundation when we say that, when that is spoken. It's beliefs. And beliefs require belief. There has to be that essential core element to it. Now, we get bombarded by beliefs all the time. There might be something that your family of origin, the family you grew up with, that they believed was true or that they believed was good. And as you became an adult, specifically when you got married, you realize that maybe that belief wasn't as, uh, let's say, uh, universally uh, accepted as everything else. Now, married people, you know that because you're bringing your family of origin and the other person's bringing their family of origin. And then you have this big wedding thing going on and you realize, oh, wait a minute, there's some stuff we got to talk about. Some core beliefs, some essential things that we have to discuss because we have to form our beliefs as a married family now, a married couple. But beliefs are all over the place. Now, let me test you out a little bit though. Before we get into the core beliefs of God, and what that's all about. Let me test out your knowledge of certain beliefs. So I have five questions. Is it true or false? And you have to get this right to see if you adhere to some of these beliefs that are out there. Now, it's not that intense, everybody. Everybody's like leaning forward right now. It's not that intense. It's about dogs. 
It's about dogs, okay? It's about dogs' it's beliefs. So dog people make some noise. <laughs> Cat people try to keep up. Number one, number one, and this is a belief that's out there, but is it true or is it false? A dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth. Is that true or false? Let me hear you. That is false. That is false. Now, dog owners, without getting graphic, you know a dog's mouth, even if you brush his teeth, they, they just, just do things that we don't. Okay? I'm not, kind of, I'm not trying to be graphic about this now, but there's things that they do. They don't use toilet paper. Let's just say that. Can we say that? Right? We can say that about dogs, right? They don't use toilet paper. So we'll just, you know, cat people, again, keep up. Just, just keep up, cat people. All right? Number two. Let's see if you uh, think this belief is true or false. You can figure out the age of your dog by multiplying his true age by the number seven. True or false? Let me hear you. That is false, actually. I know, right? You heard that for a long time, didn't you? It's been repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. How old is your dog? Um, The multiplication table, like seven something, what? You know, something like that. I get it. It's a belief that's out there about dogs. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I actually learned this recently, that it actually depends on the breed of the dog and some other health factors of the dog. And you have to differentiate between a biological age, means the age of the body, versus a chronological age, meaning like as time has gone on. Now, that applies to humans too, by the way. Professional athletes tend to age more because of the wear and tear on their body, for example. So you can kind of figure that out. But if you see that dog that's like barely moving like that, that dog might be a whole century right there. And, you, and oh, how old's your dog? Nine. Mm plus like some things because the dog is different. A dog, different breeds have different um, physical attributes that age them differently. So again, biological age, chronological age. Next one. Dogs cannot see colors. That is false. Dogs can see a very blurred color palette. Very blurred. They can't see as crisply as we do in that spectrum, but they can see a little bit of color, very slightly, so it's not to say that they're colorblind or they can't see any color at all. Next one. Smaller breeds live longer than larger breeds. That one is true. On a whole, smaller breeds live longer than larger breeds. So that annoying ankle bite in Chihuahua that you got, that will live out what I like to call real dogs, the medium and large size breeds, that will tend to live out those breeds. I know, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. I know, but that little ankle biter dog is going to be around for a minute. And I know some of you are picturing like, yeah, my grandfather had this little thing. Like, that thing was like, like ageless. Had that since I was a kid. And last but not least, last but definitely not least, and this is a pro tip if anybody wants to engage in this one, this belief. Petting a dog has been shown to lower blood pressure. Oh, that's definitely true. It's 100% true, everybody. All you got to do is pet a dog. You got to pet a dog you feel. Now, cat people, y'all missing out. Y'all missing out. You got to go talk, tell your friend, your neighbor, you know, I had a stressful day at work. Can I just, just sit just a little bit, just, just sit and just pet the dog, just, just chill out for a little bit? So there you go. There's the quiz. How'd you do? One out of five? Zero out of five? Didn't even try after the first one. You're like, oh, man, I don't know where this is going. But you see in these examples, all of us were pretty sure 
about what was true and false. We were pretty sure about it. We were like, oh, yeah, times seven. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that, everybody knows that. Or, um, yeah, you know, like uh, the mouth, you clean it. You know, I kiss my dog every day. Yeah, you know, like, that's cool. Please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. Goodness. You know, I understand that, you know, dogs are cute and all. But a lot of us had very, very uh, sure convictions, we'll say, about just these dog facts right here. You guys are sure, 100%. But here's the thing. Beliefs get repeated all the time. They get broadcasted all the time. But then you got to really think about, but is that the case? Or if it's true just one time, but is it true every time? Is it as a whole? You got to measure this stuff out. So beliefs are essential. So the big question, though, that we have to talk about today, you have to ask yourself, is do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Now, when I say that word, believe in God, you have to think about what your answer is actually showing. Because to believe in God means trusting God. And that's not it. Trusting God means knowing God. So the belief has to be founded on trust. But the trust has to be founded on knowledge. And this is not just knowledge of what you hear, what's been taught to you in a formal sense, like, how, like right now. It's also the experiential knowledge. It's the testimony you have that knowing God, that's what it's founded in. The testimony that you have is from that knowledge that you've experienced. So there's the experiential knowledge of God. And the goal really is to have the experiential knowledge and the, let's call it, academic knowledge meet together. And be unified together so that you then could teach someone else and demonstrate to somebody else. That's like the overall goal here. But to believe is to trust. To trust is to know. And that knowing requires, as Pastor Carlos just said a few minutes ago, intentionality. There's an intimacy that God wants to have with you. There's a personal intimacy. Knowing God means also to be known by God. It's a two-way relationship. There's a father and son relationship, a father and daughter relationship that God wants to have. So how does this work out? What what, what do we believe about God? Well, I'll tell you where you can find some important information. It's in today's book of Scripture that we're going to be looking at. So as you know, we've been going through every book of Scripture for the full year. And we've been dwelling in God's presence and thinking, okay, what, what, what do we need to learn here in this book? So today's book that we're going to be going through is actually not a book, technically. It's a letter. It's a letter that was written by one of the early church leaders. You know him, the apostle Paul. He's written a lot of letters. They're collected in the New Testament portion of the Bible. And this letter is the letter to the church in a place called Philippi. Everybody say Philippi. The Philippians. This letter, it's a four-chapter letter. And it is a quick read, and it must have been a quick write because he just banged this out. So this letter to the Philippians is all about encouragement, saying what God is all about, reassuring people of their beliefs. Now, the city that he's writing to is a city that still exists kind of today in Greece. It's a world heritage site, meaning it's important to world history. You can travel there and look at all the different ruins of things like that, all the old buildings and all that. And this book that that, that Paul wrote, this letter that he wrote, the people he wrote to, these are some of his favorite people in the world. Why? Because they were generous. They were kind. This was a church that was unified in their joy for God, their love for God. And this was something that just, it just it, you could read the letter even in the first 
paragraph of the letter. Just Paul is just so just, just overjoyed just to be able to talk with them, his friends, his buddies, his comrades that he's worked with to spread the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. The, the joy is just right off the page. But we want to focus on one key passage, and this is a famous passage in the Bible. And by the way, Philippians, I mean, this is like, there are so many one-liners in this book. There are so many one-liners here. I mean, some that I could say out loud, and you might think like, oh yeah, I heard that in the Bible, but you might not know they're all from the same exact letter, from the same letter, all like the, the greatest hits album, if you will. But yes, there is a lot that Paul wants to communicate to his friends, his brothers and sisters in Christ in this letter. So what we're going to really look at is an essential part of this, and it's in chapter 2. What we're going to really dwell on is thinking about what is Paul saying about God and what are our beliefs? Because I'm going to introduce to you today two essential core beliefs about God. Just two. Two things that if you say you believe in God, you have to also affirm. Say, when I say I believe in God, this is what I mean. When somebody asks you, hey, do you believe in God? Yes. Oh, why do you? Well, here's why. Or what do you mean by that? What does it mean to believe in God? Well, I'm going to tell you two. And the first one is this. The first thing that you need to believe about God is you, you need to believe in God's character. You need to believe in God's very nature, his character, who he is. Now, we say God all the time. God, 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 oh my God, everything like that. God bless you, all that stuff. God is, that word, G-O-D, is used all the time. You can see it on a building. You see it on your money. God, 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 God. But what are we talking about? What God is this? Whose God is this? Where does God come from? What what, is this God all about? So we say certain things. We have to understand that we are believing in God, but we are believing in God's character. Now, the word character is interesting because character means who you are, not who you think you are, not who someone else says you are, who you are presently, right now, in this moment. That is your character. I also learned recently that character is originally from Greek, from the Greek language. And one thing that, one way that that word got formed is literally by molds, molds that were used for metal, that the mold that was made to make something a quality product, that mold that the metal was poured into was called its character. So when we say someone is forming their character or character formation, it comes from that very physical thing that is something that's being made and constructed and poured into an already existing type of shape, a character. But what's God's character? What is he all about? Well, I could tell you one thing God is definitely about is unity. God is definitely about unity. Now, in American society, disunity is as American as apple pie, it seems. Differing of opinions, differing of beliefs, willingness to argue about it, which is fine if it's healthy. If it's destructive, it's not. But God wants to bring people into unity through his character. So let's take a look. Let's take a look at Philippians chapter 2. He says this in verse 8. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Unity. 
But here's something that is disunity that he has to warn them about in the next sentence. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. Me, me, me. Mine, mine, mine. That's it. Selfish ambition. Don't do that. Or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value each other's above yourselves. Looking not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. So unity is something that God's character is all about. God himself is a force of unity. He's the Father, he's the Son, and he's the Holy Spirit. So he wants to bring that unity with his creation. Creator and creation, unified together. Father, children, unified together. There's no room for selfishness when it comes to God's character. And why does Paul say that? Well, it's in the next part, and this is the part that we're going to really take a careful look into. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The same mentality, the same spirit, the same goals that Jesus had. And this is essential to who God is and who God is calling us to be, what he's calling us to be like. So here is the part that this is often quoted. It's often put out there. People post this on social media. And it's a famous passage of scripture. He says, the mindset of Christ Jesus, who, meaning Jesus, and this is believed to be a song that was sung in the early church days, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Now, if you're a like King James fan and stuff like that, that might've sounded a little funny to you, you know, because you might've heard it in the sense of who being the very nature of God, did not uh, have equality with God as something to be grasped or something like that in the old English. Rather, rather, he made himself nothing. Now think about that, y'all. Think about that. The God of the universe, the creator of all things, made himself nothing, nothing. Now, to some people, that has taken the ultimate L. How could God do that? How could God make himself nothing? Well, there's a reason for that. He said, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Of a servant. God's character. And if we say we believe in that, that means that we have to trust that. If we say believe in that, we have to know that. God's character is that of being a servant. God's character is giving. God's character is kind. God's character is, no, please, after you. God's character is not seeking selfish glory to say, look at me. Look how great I am. Like my videos. Share, post, comment. God's not looking for that. God's looking for someone who knows right here that the best thing you can do is to serve others. The greatest thing you can do is to serve others. Show me someone who's willing to serve other people, and I'll show you someone who believes in God. Show me someone who is willing to say, I don't need the recognition. I just want to help. I just want to help. Show me that person, and I'll show you somebody who believes in God, who has faith and trust in God. He goes on to say, be uh, the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. God became us so that we could become like him. And being found in appearance as a man, he even humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, death on a cross. Now, you might have heard the story many times that when Jesus 
was about to be arrested. Some of his own people, his disciples, were like, no, let me fight for you, God. Let me do something for you. And he said, no, put away your sword. This has to happen. But he can only say that because he's in control. God is in control. He knows what he's doing. But he's looking for somebody, anybody, who is going to believe in that nature that says that, you know, equality with God is not something I'm going to use to my advantage. Status is not something I'm going to use to my advantage. I'm going to leverage this for other people. You know, I came across the words, and I thought this was so brilliant, from an Old Testament scholar. And he said, it's, what's interesting, if you look at the Old Testament and what people are called to do and called to live as, it's a servant. But he said something very interesting. He said, the righteous people are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community. But the wicked person is willing to advantage themselves and disadvantage other people in the community. I thought that was so interesting. How many people can we say that we know are willing to feed themselves so much at the expense of someone else? How many people are saying, yeah, you know, I had to get to the top. I had to step on some people on the way up. How many people do we know are self-seeking, selfish, full of themselves? And they might hide it real good. They might hide it real good. But we know deep down that they would be willing to sacrifice anyone else for their own personal advantage out of maybe their insecurities, out of maybe their, their pride, whatever their issue is. I don't know what their issue is. But I know that there are people like that. Now you got to ask yourself, is that me? Am I self-seeking? Am I selfish? Because that's going against God's character. How can I say that I believe in God? I trust in God, but I'm selfish. I'm all about me, 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 me. And I'm willing to take advantage of other people so that I can be satisfied for myself and myself alone. It's a heartbreaker, it really is. I've seen spouses that are like that with others. I've seen parents that are like that with their own children. And it breaks my heart. It really does. And I'm just a human being. I can only imagine what it does to God in his heart, in his character. The God that, is say, that Paul is saying who by, his, by his, his example became a servant to serve other people. And this is God Almighty we're talking about here. That he would do that so that we as a community can grow, that he can set that foundation for us to be greater and do greater, as he said. The second belief that you have to know about God. So God's character is the first belief. And the second belief is this. You have to believe in God's purpose. Everybody say purpose. purpose. See, one thing you have to understand about the view of the world that the Bible is presenting is that everything was made Say made. made. Now, if you think about that word, that means that there wasn't anything accidental. It was made. So if there's something that's made, that would make you think there is a maker. And if there's a maker, then the maker had to have some type of idea or some type of plan that they want to do. So there is some type of purpose that God is having in this world. And I know some of us are very heartbroken at things in the world. War, terrorism, violence, both home and abroad. And it's something that we think about all the time. And it's so interesting because there are so many good things happening in the world too. 
There's so many good things happening, but you wouldn't know. Why? It's because most of the time, it's us. Sure, we could blame other institutions in the world, but honestly, we are gravitating towards negativity. In fact, it's an actual psychological thing called negativity bias. It's like the tiniest little stain on your shirt. No one else is going to notice, but you did. So it's now time to change something. There's something that draws our attention to violence and negativity and terrible things. And it clouds out the good things that are happening. And it almost makes someone, if you weren't secure, if you weren't having that strong foundation, it could almost make you despair. What's the point of everything? If there's so much happening in the world, if there's so much happening in my family, there's so much happening in my life, that seems just utter chaos. What, what, what's going on here? I need an answer, God. What is happening? Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in that situation many times in my life. I don't know about you guys. I've been in that situation many times. What, what's happening here? What's, what's going on here? There's got to be something, something, anything, please. But that's the issue we have because we have to trust in God's purpose if we say that we believe in him and we put our trust in him. We have to believe that he is doing something. You know, Paul goes on in verse 9 of chapter 2. He says, after God being a servant and being obedient to the point of death, that opened the door for us to live without sin in our lives. After that, that might seem like a defeat. Oh, but no, the story ain't over. Therefore, Paul says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name, that means the authority, above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's not get churchy on this and just repeat that and just think like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not have the wisdom that this is saying just wash over us because we've heard it so many times. See, because you got to get to that part where God, Jesus is exalted, he had to first start here as a servant. He had to start being nothing, who in the very nature of God emptied himself so that we could be filled. And what did God do with that, that example of a human being like that? He exalted him to the highest place. So that at the authority of Jesus, everyone has to acknowledge what's up. Everyone has to acknowledge what's happening. Can we say that if you believe in God, you are knowing that God is exalted to the highest place and that he is Lord of everywhere, heaven, earth, and under the earth. Now, what does that mean for you then? That means that in the whirlwind of your life, when the news is bad, I'm sorry, we got to let you go. Or, you know, this marriage, it's just, I'm just done. It's not working anymore. We got the test results back, and um, there's something. In those moments, can we believe in God's purpose? Can we believe in God's purpose? Now, it's easy to say in just a regular way, like, yeah, I believe in God's purpose. 
But life has this awful tendency to test that out in you. Things happen. Things outside of your control. Oh, no, don't, don't think that you can just control everything. I always say our, our decisions are not made in a vacuum, right? They're not made just like, you know, apart from everything else, right? I mean, it's just not all the time. I mean, the example I like to use is driving, which we all love to do in New Jersey, right? Now, I could be the safest driver in the world, okay? But I don't mean you are. You could be the safest driver in the world. I don't mean he is. You could be just driving along. Oh, here comes the yellow light. I'm going to slow down. But that other person could just run the red. See, our decisions are not made in a vacuum. They're not made just set apart from everything. There's things that happen that are outside of your control. However, however, one who places their trust in God's character, one who places their trust knowing that God has purpose for our lives, that person, I can tell you, can weather any storm. That person can suffer, can suffer, can be hurt, can be sad, can be angry, but they won't give up because those emotions will be momentary. They will be moments in our lives. And I know I've had many intense moments in our lives. Loved ones pass away, losing a job, things not working out, medical diagnoses. I've had things happen in my life. I'm not here to tell you that I'm like apart from this. I'm you. But I will tell you this. One thing that's kept me going is knowing what we say to our kids every night. Kalina and I say to our kids every single night before we go to bed, God is with us. God has a plan. Every night before we put the kids to bed, it's a reminder for them. It's a reminder for us as we say it to them. And we can say that every single night, all the time. But when things happen, that's when I have to remember what I taught the kids, what we taught the kids, that God has a plan, that he's doing something, that there's things that are happening. So God has a purpose. He has a purpose for unity, like we said before. He has a purpose for peace, as, we said, as uh, I mentioned a little bit ago. He has a purpose with justice. Yes, God will make the wrong things right. And we have to trust that. We have to trust that God is watching and God's looking. And God has a purpose of joy. Paul would later say, rejoice in the Lord always, always, always. In spite of all those things that I mentioned before, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, always. I know sometimes in those moments, we feel like God is real far. But he's near. He's close. And it's so interesting because there's been times, I'll tell you, where I have been just crushed in my life. I've been in the moments of utter despair. But I know, and I've experienced, and I believe that when you are down at your lowest point, when you are being crushed by the world, when you're being crushed by other people's decisions that hurt you, when your children or your boss or your spouse or anybody else is just bringing you just right down, like you can't stand no more. When you're in that intense moment, down at the least of what you can do, your human strength has completely run out. This position right here, this is the best place you can be. 
See, right here is where you take on the mindset of Christ and you empty yourself to be nothing. But God don't leave you there. God pulls out the weeds, but he seeds the ground. And God wants to lift you up to a higher place so that you can rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard this, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Can we say amen? Amen. 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 So, I want to share something. And uh, I prayed. And I was like, okay. Philippians, this passage, joy, everything we just said. And I, I pray and I, I'm like, God, you know, we, we, we got to really just like, I mean, this has got to be like a grand slam here. Because there's someone out here who's suffering. And there's someone out here who's just, they're, they're, you're this close. You're this close. You walked in that door, but you're, you're this close. Maybe you sang some of the songs before, but you're, 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 you're this close. You're this close. So I said, God, is it time? And it's time. So I want to introduce you to someone, someone very, 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 very close to myself and my wife and our kids, someone who I've known for a long time, a long, long time, who's going to share and we're going to talk about some, some heavy topics, some heavy things. And if this is something that you can relate to, please open your hearts, open your minds, and welcome my sister and yours, Marissa. All right, hello, hello. Now, y'all recognize her, right? Right? You, you, everybody, you recognize this, this, uh, this wonderful lady right here? Okay, yeah, yeah, with the pink hair, right? Y'all recognize her, right? My girl here. <laughs> so, um, I've known you for a long time. Um, what year did you start coming to Christ Fellowship? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay, the year I got married. Good year. Good year. Good year. Good year. Twenty twelve, and uh, you came with your family, mm-hmm. and you, uh, your mother, yep. right, and uh, your sisters, Amen. right, and your dad, right. So you guys have been a part of this. And uh, how did you come to Christ Fellowship? Well, we came to Christ Fellowship. It's crazy, and this goes into later testimony. Is God's intention? Mm. He's always been intentional. My mom actually went to Christ Fellowship years ago in Dwyer. Okay. Oh, I remember those days. Yeah, yeah. And. When she went, she remembered loving, you know, the worship and the message, but she didn't speak very good English at the time. Mm. But then, cut to 2012, for those who don't know, my grandfather is a pastor. So he would have sermons in his own house and places. So we'd we'd jump from place to place. Mm -hmm. But at that time, my mom was like, Marissa needs a church. Marissa needs to find a relationship with God. Mm. And that's something she's always shared with me. And she just Googled, like legit just Googled. Ooh, shout out to Google. We on there. And Christ Fellowship came up. Ooh, get that Google hit. And she just came in and that's when she realized, wait a minute. Like they were showing a picture that oh. this is the same church. Oh, okay. So okay. God, God, he was like, 
Maybe not then, but right now. Okay, okay. And that's how we came. I, I, I met you um, through the bridge, right? The, the bridge youth ministry. For those who don't know, we have a youth ministry. Shout out to the bridge youth ministry, all the bridge leaders and volunteers here. We see you. We see you. There you go. And uh, it was the bridge midtown. Um, and as myself and a few other leaders were, were there. And we met right out here in our lobby. Uh, every Friday night, yes, I sacrificed my 20s, but that's God is good. Amen, amen. So it, it's all good. Someone said that to me recently. That's why I bring this up. They're like, you really did that in your 20s? I said, yes, I did. Praise God. So we, we met there. I think I have a picture uh, of, uh, of the early days. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That's your sweet 16. Oh, look at that. See, we've known each other for a minute. Look at that. Oh, there were the, oh Bridge Midtown. Throwback right there. Look at, look at all of us. Look at you over there. You were always taller than me. Always. So look at that picture right there. That was, uh, I believe that was from the Gifted Talent Show. I think so. Uh, the fundraiser for the, gift, the Gifted Talent Show. Some other people right there. You might recognize a few people uh, out here in this picture. And then, of course, we had the Sweet 16 picture yep. over there before. That, there, there we are right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've known each other. We've had some many moments in our lives. Amen. Um, but I wanted to talk to you because we, we've shared a lot together. And we've talked about a lot of serious things. Amen. Over the years, right? When I first met you, how old were you? I was, I was 11. And then when I started meeting you, I was 12. Okay, so, so 12 12, years from 12 years old, how old are you now? 23. Okay, there you go. So we've known each other for a long time. We've had a lot of moments. You know, you, you used to be uh, uh, our daughter Helena's babysitter mm-hmm. when, she was, when she was little. Yes. So we've had a lot of time together. But um, I want to ask you about um, some of your story with believing in God. All yeah. right. So my first question to you is... Um, how did you come to know God's character and believe in that? I would definitely say that it's through people. Mm. God uses people all the time. Um, and being, you know, at that age, you know, we think, oh, you're young, right? But I remember this is coming to me now that was it family, my mother, you, and even I remember PH at one point, like just being here in the front and remember him saying like, God can use anybody. Mm. God can use anybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how old you are. And I've gotten to know God's character through the people he blesses me with. Mm-hmm. You get me? Mm-hmm. When, like you said, when we're on our knees and when our physical selves have nothing left, God sends people to go, come here, mm. get up. Mm. This is not you. Mm. Serve, but serve with strength, mm. my strength. Mm. Mm. Definitely, 100% on that one. And how has learning about God allowed you to learn about yourself and your struggles that you've had? Absolutely. I say it all the time. I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have a life in Christ. Mm. Because being in your 20s nowadays, toxic, toxic. I'm sorry. But God has taken me through so many journeys, through being um, someone who used to self-harm, someone who did not want to be alive, um, someone who just didn't know how she could be used by God mm. and chasing this, I want to say, quote, normalcy that the world like, tends to say, right, about your 20s, about growing up in this world. Like, you got to live it up. You got to, you know, do the things. And God was like, that's not your path. Mm. God was like, I need you here. Mm. And that, that was something I always knew from a very early age is that God had a call for my life. Um, and it was just, it was a lot at, at that small age mm-hmm. dealing with all these feelings of not wanting to live because I, the world convinced me I didn't need to be here, that I wasn't needed, 
that what I wasn't valued. And I remember coming to Bridge and I remember for once just thinking, maybe I am supposed to be here. Mm. Maybe I am supposed to, you know, do something here. Mm. And even, you know, just God's intentions, I'd say is the biggest thing is because through every moment I can point back to God's whispers of just being like encouraging. So like whenever myself, I felt low, he would send a child, a parent, a leader, and they would just send a word of encouragement Mm. through me. Like, Hey, you're doing so good. Um, I've been praying for you. Um, Mm. you were on my mind or, do you realize the power you hold when mm. you talk to these people in this vulnerable place? And I'm like, no, I, I didn't think right. it mattered. It was just my story. But mm. that testimony gave me and through God gave me this place to speak to those who are also in that place. Mm. Because how else would you be able to connect to someone mm-hmm. who is there now right. if you haven't been through it yourself? Mm. So, yeah, like it's just... God's intention on my heart, on my family. There's been times where, and this is something I got, you know, spoke over. It was that he gives me songs in the midnight hour. Mm. It's 12 a.m. It's 1 a.m. I'm on my knees and I'm crying and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. Mm. God, I don't know where you want me to go, but I just want to serve you. I just want to surrender myself to you because that's the only thing I can do. There's Mm. no... You're going to do it first. There's no gift. There's no promise. I just need you. I need your character. And that's enough for me. Mm. And that's what it needed to be at some times. And like you said, sometimes we feel so far from God, but it's not, it's not him. It's us. Mm. We're mm. not seeking him mm. out. Mm. We're not opening ourselves up yeah, and being yeah. like, okay, God, take me into that uncomfortable place that I've been avoiding mm. for years. Mm-hmm. And even when I don't know, when the floor is falling under me, I know you Mm. and I know the person you are, God. And I know that I don't see the road right now, Mm -hmm. but you're going to take me there. Mm. Mm. Go ahead. You know, it's, it's, it's what you said is so, um, this is so true. And there's times where just, you know, God is all you have and just, just his character. You might not have, you know, the material blessing, you might not have uh, the, the exact uh, thing you want, but he's near, just like how Paul wrote, you know, God is, is near. And sometimes uh, all you have is God in his character and just who he is and his presence just being with you. And that, that's it. Now, you, you mentioned before about um, those mental health struggles. So when you had, it felt like you had no purpose, um, those moments, I mean, God met you there? Absolutely. God met me where I needed, not where I wanted. Mm. And he, first of all and foremost, he gave me help professionally. Like I did seek out therapy Mm -hmm. um, and there was a Christian basis behind it all Mm -hmm. when I seeked it. And she helped me have these tools and helped me find my purpose in God's kingdom Mm. and reminded me of as a child of God, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Um, And for many years, it was a struggle because it's like that imposter syndrome that that 
comparison that we do. Mm-hmm. We say, well, God is using X, Y, and Z this way. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I want to be up there, God. I want to do those things. And then when the moment comes, we're like, oh, wait, wait, no, no, not me. <laughs> not, not me. Right, 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 right. Wait a minute. What are you talking right. about? Um, so God always met me in those moments when, you know, like I was just, I was a shell of a person. Mm-hmm. Like, and God was like, no, I have told you who you are. And that's something too, like, my family has always, you know, been the ultimate support. Mm. My mom prayed on, you know, prayed me, for me when I was sleeping. Your mom's a powerful woman, God. Yo, so pra- if you, if you, that's if you prayer know, warrior right there. Her mom, Vanessa, y'all got to just chit-chat with her one day over a cup of coffee yeah. or something. She she listens to God's voice when he speaks. She can she she's the one who who modeled that for me. Was that she was feeling something herself and she would be worshiping over the house and praying out Mm. loud. And sometimes me and my sister would be like, mom, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm praying because right now I need this. Mm. And, you know, we would be sleeping and she'd be praying over us or, you know, like worshiping with each other. Like she would start singing these old Portuguese songs because we are Brazilian. So, um, and I would come in with her and I'd join in and like I just felt so moved by God in those moments. And she didn't know at times maybe that I was feeling very low. She obviously did later on when I, you know, when I was I was getting help. Like mm-hmm. and she was the ultimate support, you know, like seek That's the help. That's important for sure. Yes, absolutely. Seeking the help you need and having your family behind you mm-hmm. to say, Whatever you need, whatever that looks like, I'm here. You know, and believing in me when I didn't believe in myself mm, and right, believing right, right. God's purpose for me when mm. I didn't see it. Yes. And um, yeah, it was just it was very difficult because it's like, again, you the enemy knows exactly how to whisper in your ear sometimes and tell you exactly those insecurities that you fought off for many years. And till this day, I will say, like, I have to pray against that mm-hmm. because that's right. Being in this position, being, you know, where God has taken me, the enemy is right there behind, just waiting for a moment to be like, now I got you. That's true. Now I'm taking you away from God. And like, that is hard at times on the physical self, because it's like, we want to do so much, but it's keeping, you know, prayerfully Mm -hmm. worshiping him in my way, because that's singing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just... That is what removes those shackles and that, that you know, pressure That's is right. that is keeping to his character and his heart. There you go. Speak a word of encouragement to someone out here who's struggling in ways that you've struggled in God's purpose and his character. Can you, can you just talk to someone out here or someone watching and just can you just give them a word of encouragement right now? Absolutely. You are not alone. I know we hear that so many times. Mm-hmm. But there are people who care about you, who want you here. God, most importantly, God wants you here. And you never know how far you could go with God. We don't see the big picture. He does. And he has a purpose for you in a very unique way. We sometimes compare ourselves, but I want you to focus on the gift that God has given for you, the word that he's spoken over for you. And if that's not something you haven't even experienced yet, come and experience it because it'll change your life. It'll take you, like the song says, right? Like it'll take you deeper. Um, Where trust is without borders. I think about that song, Oceans, all the time. Or the other song that comes to mind is Unstoppable Love by Jesus Culture. It's that 
there is nothing that can stop God from getting to you. Mm. The first few words are, try to stop your love and you would wage a war. Try to take the very thing you gave your life for. You would come running. You tear down every wall. All the while you're shouting, my love, you're worth it all. Mm. You are worth everything to God. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's, to me, that's what speaks to me is that the God of creation, the God who made the heavens and the earth, takes his time. And my mom said this to me this week too, was he takes his time to be with us. Mm. He steps into time to be with us, to comfort us, to strengthen us, to send people our way. So love is out there. He is out there. He's just waiting for you. Amen. Amen. You know, thank you so much, Marissa. Can we just, just applaud our sister here? Just give her that honor real quick. And we love you. And I love you so much. Thank you so much for just being honest and vulnerable in front of everybody. Thank you so much. God bless you. Paul starts to close Philippians with this. Chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And he says, whatever you've learned or received from me or seen from me, put into practice. Like how Marissa was saying with her mother, whatever you've seen in me, parents, establish that in your household. Establish that norm. Everyone, think about whatever is true. Trust in God. Trust in his purpose. Trust in his character, who he is. God's not done with you. God's not done with anyone. God stretches out his hand to you. Will you grab it? Because to believe is to trust. To trust is to know. So if you need to know God right now, I'm going to ask you something. The Lord is near today, now. And for those of us who are struggling in many ways, can we just have a moment where we come to this space right here to express our belief and our trust in God's character? So if that's you, I'm going to invite you to come up right now. This is for you to stand up from where you are. To stand up from where you are. Come solo. Come as a family, those of us who need to put our trust in God and say we believe no matter what. And say, God, you have a purpose. God, your character. God, I'm going to humble myself down because I don't got it all together. I need you, God. And I believe in you. Maybe it's your first time really thinking about this. I believe in you, God. I trust in you, God. God, I want, you to, I want to know you, God. I want you to pour yourself out on me right now in this place because I'm hanging on by a thread. I've been through a lot. My tank's on empty. Stretch your hands out to God and say, God, I'm here. I believe in you.
I trust you. Pour it out to him. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Don't be afraid. The Lord is near. The Lord's here right now with all of us. Yes, you, with all you've done, with all you've gone through. He's near right now. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are, knowing that sometimes that's all we have is just you, just you beside us. God, I lift up all the people here that have come forward and all the people here who are sitting. God, may you, may you unite us together in your character. God, as we express our belief in you, Lord God, help us to hold on tight and trust you throughout the decisions that we've made that have hurt us, through our self-inflicted harm, through the things that we've done. And we ask your mercy to fall upon us and wash us clean, Lord God, as we confess that. God, may we all trust in your purpose that you have made us, created us, formed us in our mother's womb to live a life that is connected to your character, Lord God, to live a life of service, a life of help. God, forgive us for our selfishness. Forgive us for our laziness, Lord God. Help us to be made new by you, Lord, in this moment, in this time right now, Lord God, so that as we leave this place, renewed and fresh, God, may you connect people together, as our sister was saying, how people are connected to her, to pour into her. May we all have someone and may someone rise up, Lord God, to pour in to one another, Lord God. May the unity of your character bless us all, Lord God. May the purpose that you have bless us all. May we be an active partner in your purpose, Lord God. We pray this in the name that is exalted above every name, that every knee should bow name, that every tongue would confess name on heaven, earth, and under the earth in the mighty, all-powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We pray this in your name. Amen, amen, and amen. Grace and peace to all of you. Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth is a Christian community whose mission is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. You can learn all about us by visiting cfofelizabeth.com. We meet each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, as well as at various times throughout the week. If you'd like to see a video recording of the full worship service this teaching came from, you can watch on demand on our YouTube channel, and you can join us live online every week by visiting cfofelizabeth.live. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. See you next time.